Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist and now a health coach based in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. I started this podcast in 2020 to help you live a better life. In fact, I hope this podcast is the best 45 minutes of your week. Today, we're getting you to declutter for 2024, and I have the gal who's blowing up social media with her content to help you. She's Megan Golightly, and you'll get to meet her right after this. Can you hear this? Well, you really can't. It's kind of silent. It's a plastic box, but it's my saliva hormone test kit that I picked up at Cornerstone Pharmacy and Compounding in Little Rock, Arkansas. For those of you listening anywhere in the world, you can go to compounding at cornerstone.com and you too can order one of these kits and you get 20% off when you use Lisa at checkout. I used my own name. It was a little awkward, but no, it wasn't at all because I shop there all the time. But that's where you can get 20% off the saliva or the Dutch hormone test and even their other products. If you want to order the supplements at Compounding at Cornerstone, you can do that. Now, Brittany helped me with this. She's the owner there because I noticed in some lab work that I was low in one of my sex hormones. And she said, let's just get to the bottom of it. Let's do some saliva testing. You see, you also get extra expert advice. Now, they don't give medical advice per se because they can't write the prescription, but they can push you in a direction, the people there, and say, oh, you might need to see this provider. Now, I have a provider. You've met her before on my podcast, Lindsay Gillum-Ponwith, but uh, we do need to tweak. And that's why Dr. Mark Hyman says, test, don't guess. So if you're wondering about your hormone profile, do it right now order the test. You can get it tested, get the results back, and you get the expert advice. Compounding at cornerstone.com. I love going to the website for marlsgate.com. Marlsgate.com, it's hard to even define it in just a few sentences, but it is this historic property in Scott, Arkansas, a small community about 15 minutes from downtown Little Rock. And on this property that was built in the 1850s. The original home is there. The pecan orchards, the acres of beautiful property, tenderly, lovingly cared for now by the Talbot family, just the third family of owners with this property. And they bought it in 2017. And wow, what they are doing in restoring it and keeping it up. And it's impressive. And not just Marlsgate, but it's everything really the Talbot family what they're doing in this community. Bo is a hustler and so is Martha Ellen. And that means you can see what they're doing with their heirloom foods, the culinary arts, the lodging they have by land and water. I love the restaurant, Scott Station. We're crazy about that restaurant. But for the rest of you, if you're wondering what Marlsgate is, it could be the perfect event location for your treasured event because this isn't just a venue this is somebody's home and it turns into a memory that's talked about for generations find out more by going to the website marlsgate.com she won most talkative in high school and she has been running her mouth ever since welcome to the lisa fisher said podcast with your host lisa fisher all right everybody rip the band-aid off for 2024 and they're thinking Megan where do I start I'm so disorganized and you're I love all your social media so your social media really it you spell it out and your Instagram account is great but let's just start with somebody who's listening right now what's your favorite room to start with to get organized such a good question so my favorite room to start with to get organized but I'm going to rephrase that to get decluttered to and get then decluttered to get- Exactly, And then get organized because you have to learn, and I'm giving you grace because no one's taught you how, but you have to learn to declutter first before you can organize. It's like a learner's license and a driver's license. You can't organize until you've decluttered. You can't. It's like trying to drive before you've practiced. Okay. All right. You'll crash. Um, But the the easiest and the best room to start in is a bathroom. And why would you think that? Any, any guess? Well, I just think because 
girl, if you pulled out my bathroom drawers, I mean, not now because I've, <laughs> but, um, I've, I've got toothpaste from back when the earth cooled and, you know, I've right. got nail polish because somebody, and or you somebody, don't. No, I'll do anything with it. Don't or they do your own me- nails. No, exactly. Right. Okay. Exactly. There's a lot of, it's free. If it's free, yes. it's for me in the bathroom. But the more important thing about the bathroom is you're not going to have family photos from your great aunt. You're not going to have school report cards. You're not going to have mm-hmm. those emotionally deep mm-hmm. um sentimental things in your bathroom usually. And so your brain needs to practice because it's neuroplasticity. So your brain has to practice and get rewarded. So a bathroom is a great place to start. On my Instagram, I have a free calendar and a free checklist to go with every month. And the first month we do is January, which is the bathroom. And so each week I break down little bite-sized things that you can do because usually if you're successful there, you can move to the next room. And I've got it strategically outlined to hit the heavier ones later on when you've practiced. Um, So the bathroom for sure is the easiest place to start. But the most important thing to understand is that you likely aren't a bad organizer. You just have too much stuff. So it's like Mm -hmm. trying to eat cereal with the spoon upside down. It's not going to work. Mm -hmm. You're dead in the water. Mm -hmm. So you have to declutter first. And that's what I talk a lot about Instagram about is giving you grace and teaching you how to declutter and why it hasn't worked. Is Go Lightly really your last name or is that a stage name? It is. No, it, I'm actually divorced and it's the only thing I kept in my mar- in, from well, my marriage is the last it was, name. It's good because it's good branding. Like, really, it is good. Go Lightly. Because that's what I want for you. I want you that's to go so lightly. Funny. You know, yeah, because clutter, clutter costs you your time, mm-hmm. your space, mm-hmm. your energy, your relationships, even your marriage, fight with your mm-hmm. kids, mental health, physical health. There's a study done at UCLA that shows that women's cortisol goes up directly related to how much stuff they have in your house, their house, your house. It doesn't bother men as much because they see it as their stuff Mm -hmm. and they don't have this urgency. What stresses them out is when someone says, let's organize, let's declutter, then they get stressed out. But we get stressed out just looking at it, Um, which is fair but it's also to me the cue to get it done. Like why, and I'm not a minimalist, but why live your life torturing yourself for years and years when you can kind of get after it, even in this, in my calendar, in my program, it's free, get after it in a year and then move on. Well, you mentioned the neuroplasticity part, which I think is so interesting. The brain is so fascinating and how it dictates everything from our weight, our hunger, our sexual desire to whether Mm -hmm. or not we want to sleep, but it also rewards us when there is a decluttering. I know because I I love the declutter. I feel like I weigh less and I'm younger. The two Mm -hmm. things that every woman who's 61 years old is looking (laughs) for to to weigh less and look younger. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, it is neuroplasticity. We were born hunters and gatherers. So Mm. we think we need to keep things in order to survive, but we don't live in the wild anymore. And I'm not, I'm not promoting going out and buying everything and getting rid of everything, but you just don't need 350 pens all over your house. One pen lasts you likely a year. So if you really look at it, you just don't Mm. need that much stuff. But we feel that we're safer if we hang on to it. So that's what I cover in my Instagram is a lot of the psychology and the neuroscience behind why it's hard and how to change that. Because it's it is easy, but it's it's really a mind shift, and then you start get re- rewarded for the good things that you do instead of sort of the the patterns that you've done in the past. All those excuses of why we hang on to things almost become laughable when you say them or you hear someone else say them. The just in case, the oh, I spent too much money. All of those things almost become comical when you know the right words and the right questions to ask to let go instead of supporting the story about the story about the story to keep it. Does that make so, sense? Yes, it does. So is just in case one of the phrases it is. that everyone needs to get rid of? Mm-hmm. So we have heard our parents say these things. And so naturally, that's what we say. And it's sort of like a defense to keep it instead of an opening to let go. So we say, uh, there's six or seven, we say, just in case, you know, I need it just in case. We say, 
we're a perfectionist. So we're afraid to do it wrong. So we do nothing at all. Right. 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 There's the, oh, I spent money on it. It was a mistake. It's easier to kind of, it's easier to keep it than to admit that I made a mistake and get Mm -hmm. rid of it. Right. Because we want to protect ourselves, but it was just a mistake. Move on. There is the sentimentality. Oh, well, so and so gave this to me, and they would be really mad if I got rid of it, which is, you know, BS. If you right. really face that person and you said, let's talk about this thing that you bought me in Guatemala that I don't even, mm-hmm. I don't really know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Can I donate it? Because someone will love it, but mm-hmm. it just isn't a good fit for me right now. Your best friend wouldn't care. So, and and your dead aunt would rather you get on with your life than keep mm-hmm. something just because she had it. Maybe she, excuse me, maybe she even hated it, right? But you mm-hmm. don't know. Um, mm-hmm. There is, you know, there's trauma. There's trauma. There's some reasons why we keep things that are trauma based, but we can work through those. Those are just ch- more challenging. But once you start to hear yourself say these things, and your partner, or whoever you live with. It is almost comical. Instead, you should say, do I love this thing? Do I use this thing? Would I buy this again today? So those right? are the three There's questions. There's the pen clicking. Yeah. Do I, I love it? Okay. Do I use it? Would I buy it again today? And you could say, yes, I love it, but no to the others. And that's yeah. not a reason to keep it. Because to me, that tells me, oh, that's if good. you say, I love it, but I don't use it and I wouldn't go buy it, then you're caught in one of those reasons, those excuses. So I say, take a picture of it. And look at the picture in your album on your phone under a, a heading that says things I love. And you're going to look at it way more often than you are if it's a bin in the basement or up yeah. in an attic. You're mm-hmm. never going to get to it. And then like you said, you just start feeling lighter mm-hmm. and 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 better. But you have to get past your own enemy, which sometimes is yourself. Yeah, your brain. Oh, absolutely. And self-talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, right. It, it, it's it's insane. So, um, so everyone thinks like, and I did in 2021, I moved. Mm-hmm. And so 24 years in one home, we'd been married then about 32 years, probably. So that's a lot of crap. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm, and we don't even feel like we're crap collectors, but a little here and a little there it's cumulative. Mm-hmm. Crap is cumulative people. It is. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> moving was a great, great thing. So people looked at me and said, Oh, that's what I need. I need a good move. But even after three years now, I've almost been in this house, I still have to decrap Keep going. Yes, I have to keep lightening it. And that's okay. It's like doing your laundry. You're doing your laundry, but you're wearing clothes when you're doing your laundry that are going to have to be washed. And so you have to realize that it's something, it's not a torturous thing that doesn't end. But a good example is we did, um, there's there's a woman named Jillian Harris who lives in Cal- in Canada who is a philanthropist. She's a very popular. She was on TV. Um, we went and did her house. My team went out. It took us, we, we didn't we didn't not touch a toothpick in that house. We touched every single wow. thing. It took our team 100 hours. Now, that's insane. <laughs> Nobody oh should ever tackle their whole house, but we're all professionals. There was 10 of us. So we divided and conquered, and Jillian made a decision and her husband on every single thing in their house. Oh, took they 100 did. hours. They, yes. they were a part of it because I so would what have we decision did, fatigue. That I would he, just say, burn it all. We keep you going. We keep you going. Oh, so okay. what we did, for instance... Is and this is what you do in your bathroom. And again, it's in it's in my program. I explain you how to do it on my Instagram. But okay. you would go and the first thing you have to do in order for your brain to be able to make a decision is categorize things. So you take and I call them towns because it's kind of funny. But you make your dental town of your all of your things <laughs> to do with your teeth. Okay. Then you make hair town. <laughs> then you make um, you make nail town. You make okay. all those areas. You have to separate them physically, and then your brain looks at it and says. Hair, hair tool town, I do not need five brushes. But until you have them all together, your brain will not make a decision. So wow. that's why you can't multitask decluttering because you know, your brain knows there's pens upstairs in the office. There's a couple yes. on my nightside table. Yes. So until you go around and collect that one category of thing, you can't, your brain will be like, nope. I might have made a mistake. I don't want to do this. So that's what we did in Jillian's house. We went and we ripped apart every room and we took all of the camera equipment that was in her bedroom, 
her bathroom, a few things, the garage, her office. We put them into camera town and then she could make a decision. Well, there's 18 cameras. That one's broken. I can donate that one. So we reduced camera town. We, we did that with everything. And then we found a home for camera town, which was going to be in the mud room because that's where she goes out the door and she can grab her cameras on the way to her photo shoots or whatever. Okay. So the second time we went back, because we went two years later to do a reorg, it took oh. us twenty. It took us twenty four hours. It still so, took you twenty four hours. Twenty four working hours to do the whole house. But you would think after two years ago, when you went in there and did the one hundred hour sweep, that she would have only two toothpicks left for <laughs> Toothpick Town. Well, that's. I mean, this is reality. I don't. I'm not going to pretend. Yeah. It's reality. The important thing is it took us a quarter of the time. Yeah. And I think that's a positive. That's really important because it won't. The first time takes you the longest because you have so many things to decide on. But do one room at a time, one area at a time. Use my checklist. It's free and attack each area that I assign you to do. I do it on Instagram at the same time. But you don't even have to have social media. You can just download it. But the important thing is it took us a quarter of the time because now we just went and looked at camera town and there was a couple cameras overflowing in the container that contained it. And she's like, wow, I decided that camera town was going to fit in that container and there's one falling over. So the container has decided that I have too many yeah. and I'm going to get rid of one. She said, so that's bye -bye. why I say, yeah, yeah, that's why I say use containers and you can use a diaper box. You can use whatever you have. Okay. I like the containers that I recommend, but then you know your limits, you know your parameters and you've, you've kind of overflowed camera town. And, and I'm not judging her at all. I'm, I, I want you to point out how this is a part of, um, as we as as we age as we live we still accumulate things even though Absolutely. we knew we had too many of them so let's explain what the brain does there she knew camera town was full cuz this is her line of work it would be so do you think in her brain she's accumulating more for the fear of adjusting case or i i need to use it now i'm going to keep it i mean how does that I work in the brain i think time i think she got busy and so she put one one extra one in. She hadn't okay. trained her brain well enough to know one in, one out. Like So that's okay. the other thing is it falls apart when you haven't really adopted and understand, you don't have that awareness that the container is the boss. You can't overflow it. Like behind you with all the shoes, mm -hmm. you can't get any more shoes in there. So that's if you buy... If you that's buy why I one, have them. That's why when we <laughs> built this, she loves her I, shoes. I did it to keep shoes so that if one goes in, one has right. to come out. Yes. And yeah, I so, did it with my clothes too. I do that for self-limiting. Right. And so you have to adopt that. If somebody told you, now you have to do this, you, you'd be like, I don't really want to do it because you hadn't really decided for yourself. So right. it comes in, it's front loaded that you need to decide I am more important than my things. My time is more important. My mm -hmm. money, you know, sorry, t clutter clutter costs you your time, mm -hmm. your money, your relationships, mm -hmm. your space, your mental health, your physical health. I'm more important than anything. I'm more important than a $14,000 wedding dress that I bought for my mm -hmm. wedding that didn't work and it's in my garage. Mm -hmm. Get rid of it because every time you see it, then you get fear, guilt, and shame mm -hmm. in a cycle. Mm -hmm. Um and somebody could use it. You know, at some points, things aren't meant to last 70 mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you can get some money back out of these things if you sell them. For sure, you can donate them and give joy and be a philanthropist, but you're not going to get every penny out of it. That wasn't your intention when you bought it. I'm buying right. this wedding dress so that right. when I sell it, I get all the money back. No, you're buying mm -hmm. it because you're getting married and you want to use it. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. So right. what do people do? I finally got rid of my, I just had a suit that I wore for my wedding. It was 1988 mm -hmm. and there were 20 people and I had a wool suit. It, nice. went, it wasn't a wedding gown or anything, mm -hmm. but I finally got rid of her, rid of it maybe five or 10 years ago. <laughs> her, for reason. You, did you I, say her? Like you, you probably did yeah. because you identified <laughs> with it. It was such an important day that you actually probably <laughs> called it yes, a person. I got rid of her. Yes. Um, but she she was good while she lasted. Yep. But what 
I don't even know why I finally did it. I, I get tired of looking at things. So that's part of my reasoning for paring down or decluttering is I get tired of looking at it. And that's probably yeah. what happened. It was in my closet. I knew I wouldn't wear it again. Yeah. So w- what helps us make that decision to pull the trigger and go here, just take it? Like anything, when we start to value ourselves, self-care, mm. self-preservation, self-love, all of those wow. things, because you have realized that you are more important. When you think about relationships, it's a little bit easier. And some people actually have more problem with the relationships. But clutter is anything that hasn't earned the right to be in your life. And it, if it has earned the right to be in there, then it just hasn't found a permanent home. So it becomes clutter. But there's two things going on there. The first is it needs to earn its right. So I don't take everything into my house that someone just leaves on my door because it's free, right? It has to earn its right because I'm more important than anything coming in. And so is my part, my relationship, my kids, all of those things. I, I safeguard those. So if something comes in, it better be super important and useful But then the second thing is, if it comes in, I need to be brave enough to carve out a home for it. And it could be a basket called electronics, but it's a home. So it has somewhere to go back to. So then when you need to tidy up in a hurry, you know where it goes. But if you don't have a home for things, again, you're dead in the water because where are you going to put them away if they don't? It's like the garage is for the car, But if we didn't Mm -hmm. call it a garage, you might be parking your car on the lawn one day. You might be parking Mm -hmm. your car, Mm -hmm. you know, on the street. But everything in its place. Everything in its place. You have to pick a home for it. Do you think in this age of same-day delivery, I could Mm -hmm. order anything I wanted right now from Amazon, Mm -hmm. even though we think, and I don't use Marie Kondo as an example because I thought that was kind of silly, all what she did, but whatever. So Marie Kondo of four three or four years ago when we started getting that realization of do we love it right and we got rid of a bunch of stuff but i think because of the immediacy of shopping now and how the world we could get anything we want on this device right here and it could be shipped to me probably same day or the next day do you think now we're changing Doomed. our ways <laughs> and we're, we're going backwards we're collecting more crap than we ever said we would Well, I think that it becomes important too to safeguard against that by knowing if you're prepared, it's almost like the fridge, right? The fridge is where the food goes. Yeah. We don't buy more, some people do, but things that are going to rot, usually you don't buy more because you know that the space can't hold it. So if we all had fridges, so to speak, or garages or assigned places, you might be more strict because you're like, I don't need any more um, stationary because where it is, like at Jillian's house, Camertown is full, right? So that's why things need containers or a basket or whatever, because you need to assign a home for it. Just like you go to bed in your bedroom. That's the home for you at mm-hmm. bedtime. Mm-hmm. So it might sound silly, but if everything has a home, mm-hmm. first of all, you feel better because if you know if somebody said to me right now and called and said, where can I find this? I'm in your house. I'd probably be able to tell them. So I feel kind of in control that it's I'm not going to lose a bunch of time looking for something. I know where my passports are. I know where things are. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have too much stuff, it becomes managing of the managing of the managing of the stuff because it's all over the place. Oh, I love talking about this. Because the other thing is, is if you don't clear out those spaces and take the year to go through room by room, your cupboards and your drawers are full of stuff you don't use. And then all the stuff you do use is laid all over top because there's no space to put it away. So you need to get real and go through those drawers in your bedroom and get rid of those things that are in there that haven't earned their right to be in there so that the things that need to earn their right get a space to park and go away. What do you think is the most mm, emotionally difficult or challenging room for someone to clean? I think the storage room or the garage, it's actually the easiest when you're prepared with those three questions. Mm -hmm, But without those questions... Mm -hmm you're in trouble because those are all the things that you didn't want to make a decision on. So you delayed the decision. You're actually making the decision twice now because twice. Mm-hmm. you you 
<clears throat> you got stressed out when you were trying to make it originally and didn't make the decision because you didn't know the questions and you shoved it in a corner and now you have to deal with it again. So sure. your brain, okay, this is an interesting thing. Your brain does something neurologically called, it's called duration path outcome, DPO. And what duration path outcome is, is what keeps you up at night. Duration path outcome is your brain seeing a pile of something or thinking about a problem and wondering, how long is this problem going to exist? How am I going to fix it? And what's it going to look like when it's done? So your, your brain duration path outcome, it does it on any problem, financial problem, weight, um, hmm. anything, relationship. Hmm. It wants to know how long is the problem going to be there? How is it going to get fixed? And what's it going to look like when it's done? And that's insomnia. That's what your brain does before you go to sleep. It mm. loops. So when you see a pile of clutter in your house, whether you like it or not, your brain is trying to figure it out and using brain time to figure out what's going to happen with that pile of stuff by the stairs. How is it going to get done? And what's it going to look like when it's finished? It wants to finish the task. So you're doing it a million times in your brain or just once by having the right questions and attacking it and it'd be done. If you are looking for non-GMO, naturally gluten-free, American farm milled rice, welcome to RalstonFamilyFarms.com. That's the website. That's where you can find the products that you can actually buy and have sent to your home or likely you have a grocery store that sells it. Here in Arkansas, I see it at Whole Foods. I see it at Fresh Market. I see it at Kroger. The major grocery stores definitely have it, but you might be listening someplace that you're not. it's not convenient for you. You don't have accessibility. Then I say hop on their website and order the, the rice. And now let me tell you my favorites. Well, kind of all of them. But guys, I'm crazy about the purple rice. That's really my husband's favorite. It's just, it's almost meaty. It's so hearty and it has protein in it. The basmati rice we use all the time because of the fragrance. The jasmine rice, well, you see, I'm kind of liking all of them. So if that's the case, get one of the gift boxes. You can get all the different varieties there or you can get a six pack of any of these. And if you really want to get deep, 25 pound buckets you can do that you can order that right now have it shipped to your door and this is the website with all the good recipes on what to do with the rice helps you with that what to cook dilemma find out more information at ralstonfamilyfarms.com you know we change the calendar we're a new year a new month but one thing that hasn't changed the plight of the dog rescues and their need for funds. How can you help? You can help by going to dogtalktv.com. Link is in the show notes and find out how you can buy some of the books written by these authors who adore dogs. Pat Becker Wallace being one of them. She's NADOI certified. So that means she dog obedience trainer. She she knows her stuff. She is a dog whisperer and a dog lover. She's an animal lover. In fact, she's written many of the books on dogtalktv.com. And if you go there, you might even recognize her because in Oklahoma City, she had a PBS, uh, critically acclaimed show on PBS. Um, she's just been around taking care of animals and really contributing to charities for a long time. But what you do is when you buy one of the books there, the proceeds, part of the proceeds of the books goes to the rescues. Now you can even designate which rescue here in central Arkansas. We have a couple, we have care and we have out of the woods. Um, I believe even Oklahoma City has some. You can reach out to the people on the website and ask them about maybe a local charity close to you in one of these dog rescues. That's how important it is that we support the dog rescues. You can do it right now by buying some books at dogtalktv.com. And we also think that it's going to take hours and hours and hours. But when we do someone's house, we we do the garage in a day. So physically, if you know what you're doing... It won't take you a year to do it. Is that, and I want everyone to know that in the show notes, I have, Megan, your uh, website, and we'll put a link to your free uh, resources. Sure, yeah, those are a great free resource. So in the free resource, do you kind of plan it out in a 12-month calendar? I do. So the calendar is 
um, room by room month. We've assigned January is bathroom, right? Okay. So each February, I think, is living room, dining room, entertaining spaces. And then there's a free checklist for each of those months that goes into more detail of what you could do each week. If you really want to get into it, on my website are how-to guides for each room that are 44 pages long with every step that you would do if you were us coming into your house. Okay. And those are no fail. And they're not that expensive, but they have every detail. They have written down why you hang on to things, the psychology behind it, new questions to ask, things you're going to get stuck on, common mistakes. It's all in there. You know, I I extracted everything I do. I've been doing this for 16 years and I put them in those guides. So you've kind of got the free resources up front, but if you need super help, then you get the guides. But, you know, everything in the guides is on my Instagram every day. It's just, you have to dig through to find it. If you just want the guts, how do I do this? You get the guide. Yeah. Um, The reason I asked you what the most difficult room was, because I was thinking of my own, since I'm not a collector hoarder type, storage rooms aren't a challenge for me. Garage, you know, I'm just not a collector, but I am a cook. Yes. And um, so it's hard for me. I have to pare down kitchen implements. and stuff. Yeah. Yes. And my husband just asked yesterday, you know, it's a a certain spatula. Do you use this? I went, yeah, I kind of do. Yeah. But the other room that's hard for me then, because of that, I think you're is in the it. pantry. Oh, the pantry, yeah. No, no, I keep this room. This is pared down. If I get something new, then somebody Comes gets in, yeah. to go live someplace else. Yeah, yeah. So I keep it. It's very um, finite Good. in my closet. And when people, so our home is on tours a lot because of the architecture of it. And one of the things I noticed, because I share this closet with my husband, is, um, and of course, his is so organized. I'm not organized. I'm a lot of fun, though, at weddings and bar mitzvahs. <laughs> invite me anytime. I mean, I'm a delight. But all that to say, they've all come in saying, because I've been in the media for years, I've emceed a thousand events, they're surprised that my closet space is not as big as what they had imagined, because they've watched me grow up in front of a camera. And I say, got rid of all of it. Yeah. I'm only keeping what I actually wear. Yeah. I don't want things that, I don't want things I don't wear. No, and I can tell, I mean, you're dressed to the nines and you, but. but Classic. Right. But it's I think I what's important is you like to feel in control so you can get in and get out. You want to be efficient in That's there. It, very efficient. And you mm-hmm. don't want, you've streamlined it so that you don't want to have you want to feel good when you wear your clothes and you're right. you're in charge and you know what you want. So boom, you go in and go out. So that storage room question about what's the hardest room, it depends. If you're an arts and crafts or if you're a knitter, it's probably your craft room. Yeah, that's true. If, yeah. you, um, if you're really sentimental, it's probably your storage room or your attic or your garage. Yes. But I'm here's, here's an important thing to think about though, is that, you know, when you called your your wedding suit, she or her, and it's kind of true is (laughs) here's the thing is you are good at what you do. You're probably a great cook. If there was a fire and you lost your cookbooks and you lost your things, Mm -hmm. would you still be a good cook? 100%. So you are not your things. Collecting a million water bottles doesn't make you a better runner. It does inside of you. So you have to remember too that the memories and the sentiment and the skills are not in the things. We are not our things. So you identifying your dress as a she, you know, I know that we did that joking, but a lot of people think that they are their things. And again, you are worth way more than your things and you are not your things. And it's tragic when there's fires and floods, but that's when people often realize I'm okay right? right. I, I got divorced. Yes. I got rid of half of my stuff. And guess what? I'm still who I am. In fact, I might be better, right? But right. that indecision town, I, I, can I swear on here? Uh, Small? Apple doesn't, Apple doesn't look kindly to <laughs> okay. that because okay. we told it it's a so clean podcast. We'll call it the crap town. Okay. okay it yeah. could be related. Yeah. It could say an S town. But that's not a nice place to live because in a divorce right. or anything, it's when you don't know what you're going to do. So let's do it, or I just say let's do it. Let's get rid of the stuff and move on because life's too short to be stuck in crap town, right. repeating it over and over and over again because then you're heavy and you're stressed. And we know because of the studies that your cortisol is up. 
Right. Oh. Right? I know about that. Yeah. Easier said well, than to, done, to, but it can right. be done. You can break it down. Get the guide, get the guides, get this, you know, just decide I am worth more than my stuff. And this yeah. is no way to live. And the next thing that's going to go is my marriage or fighting with my kids because their cortisol is going to go up too. Two things that I'd, I'd kind of bring from that conversation. One, when I did move here from another home, um, it was paring down the cookbooks because part of my journey as a cook was people, I started cooking before the internet. <laughs> so I read The Joy of Cooking like it were a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. I would turn the pages mm-hmm. and go, oh, the bracing chapter. Oh, <laughs> so exciting. You know, and I learned all about the science of cooking. So I say all that because then people gave me cookbooks through the years or I acquired them. That was a big, big thing for me was not the sentiment maybe some of it, and I'm not sentimental, but some of it may have been an attachment, Mm -hmm. an emotional attachment to some of those cookbooks. Or what if someone came over and she gave me the cookbook? She's never going to ask, where's the cookbook I gave you? Yeah. I mean, and I know And if she did, you need to be brave enough to say, guess what? Like there was a bit of a cost to keeping that. And thank you for the gift, but there should be no strings. I just did a reel about that a couple of days ago is the guilt in gift. And yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's a good way to put that. But it's the fear that we have. And it and usually the gift givers in my life don't have any strings attached. Uh, but also that's what my son said to me, mom, because I was like, oh, this cookbook, mm-hmm. it's the Cajun cookbook. He said, mom, it's on the internet. That's why. Because, yeah. you know, when I tried to teach him to cook when he went to college nine years ago, he said, you know, all this is on the internet when I told <laughs> him, when I was showing him how to make a red sauce. Uh, but the other thing you mentioned about the fires here is how two people are different. My mother and father had a fire, lost everything. And then the next Christmas, um, like we'd been to New York, Canal Street and gotten all the mm-hmm. cheap bags and she had them displayed. It was really cute. She's very creative. And then uh, the next years, I would try to replace some of the things that she had. And she said, I don't want it. Mm. And she said, I, that really was a purge, the fire, but she said, I don't want to replace it. I don't, I don't want to have to keep up with that. Yeah. I don't want the mental babysitting I have to do on my things. But then my mother-in-law had a fire and she has, I'd say six sets of dishes, 19 sets of sheets and towels. Her mentality is the opposite. But what if I have a fire? I'm going to lose this again. So you see how we we respond so differently mm-hmm. to the same stimuli as we know that. But I just thought it was interesting how one said, "Oh no, I I realize things are just things." Yeah, and the other one that Wasn't said, quite "Oh, there but yet. I have to have more things." Yeah, and I'm not judging. I never judge. I yeah, I can't right. say it's, who's it's happier, who isn't. But right. it, you know, it is fascinating with the sadness of a fire, a flood, um, a divorce, Mm -hmm. a death. When Mm -hmm. you lighten up and you get rid of the things Mm -hmm. and you really feel that, you don't go back. You just don't. That's how, that's how I would be. I would, I I mean, I'm, I'm not attached to my things, so I can see that, but some people are just attached to their things, period. Yeah. And what we can't, yeah, we can't change it. What's interesting too is, you know, I've had people on my team, the girls who work with me, sometimes volunteer for somebody at their church or something who they think needs mm-hmm. help to declutter. It often doesn't work because that person isn't really ready. Now, when right. I have people on my Instagram, they've been there for a while and I've nurtured them and they've started to learn, right? Oh, so they're kind of yeah. starting to be prepared. It's it's like, you know, somebody, but everybody that whose house we go to, one of the first things they say when we get going is, I wish I'd done this sooner, right? It's like therapy or something. But when you're not ready, you're kind of not ready, but I, it's like a funnel on my Instagram and we slowly get people and then I get DMs every day saying like, oh, thank you. You know, I, it was so inspiring and I let go and it feels great and it's just crazy. It's so good. It's so good. The bottom line is no one should send this podcast to the person they think should get it because they're not ready. They're not ready for if it. If they were, you, you see what I'm saying? But we know that because yes. we have been around for a while and I think you become yes. wiser. Um, but 
a lot. Uh, it is. I think what's good is that a lot of the younger generation saw all the clutter in their parents' houses, and then they've gone mm-hmm. the other way, and they're like, "No way mm-hmm. am I doing that." Mm-hmm. But they also understand that they don't need to keep it just in case because they could just order an Amazon. So I see that as a right. good thing, as long as you're not unhealthy. Oh, okay. And yes. you're buying stuff just for the sake of buying it, or you're dealing with uh-huh. buying because of a trauma, right? Um, yeah. Those are harder to heal with us coming in and decluttering and organizing because they need a therapist. They're trying to fill a void with buying. Um, and I can try to help with that through inspiring them on Instagram, but usually that requires some type of therapy. But I think that I see Amazon as a great thing because. Heck, if you break your lemon squeezer and you really like it, you can order another one. It's not that stressful. But I don't need to keep eight lemon squeezers in case one breaks. But my parents may have because they couldn't just get it like we did. Right? That's true. That's true. And it's that post-World War II mentality, maybe your parents or depression, Mm -hmm. that there were things were rationed. Yes. Yeah. And they could, that's it. I've never thought of it from that. Well, think of it even more as a hunter and gatherer. And you got kicked out of the tribe if you, you got kicked out of the group if you broke the rules or did, you know, like there was a major consequence, right? So you kind of kept things and hoarded things just in case. But if you broke the rules, you were out. But we don't live like that anymore. We're not hunters and gatherers. So you don't have to pick up that ladder on the side of the road because it might make something good in the bathroom to hang your towels on. Yes. You know, and and some people get after me and they say, well, you know, you got to have a lot of money to be able to do this. Like, you know, the less money you have or the smaller the home, you do need to keep things just in case. But I argue smaller homes are actually more of a trap for too much stuff than the big houses. And my people in the big houses have problems too with keeping too much stuff. Then they can't find, they have no idea what cupboard they put it into. Right. So, oh, yeah. And, and financially, it doesn't matter. It's, it's kind of all on a scale. I don't want you to get rid of everything. So you have to go buy it again, but you need to adopt that philosophy and the mind shift of I am better than my stuff. I am worth more than anything in my house. And we know that because of fires and floods and people lose everything and mm-hmm. they survive and they often. Mm-hmm prosper. I wouldn't would have wished that for anybody, but such a heavy talk, but it is, it is. It is and that's why when I, I've been doing this for 16 years and when I started an Instagram, I'm like, I am not starting an organizer. I'm an organizer. Here's my pretty cupboards. I am not starting that because that's not what it's about. And I'd be doing you a disservice if I just told you which containers to use and talked and showed you all the perfect things. Mm-hmm. I'm about progress over perfection and I'm proud of it. 16 years doing it. I am not going to pretend that it's easy. I'm not going to pretend that you should know how to do it. And I'm not going to pretend that it it should be perfect. It's progress. Um, but you need to declutter first. I'm also not, the psychology behind it is what's important. Not the skill. One, two, three, you not, can do it. But you can't do one, two, three. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. You can't okay. do one, two, three until you understand why you're doing one, two, three. Does that make sense? Yes. So for you, 16 years ago, there wasn't a social media fit niche for what you're doing. There is now. Yeah, there could be. I didn't think about it until a couple of years ago. And I thought, you know what, I'm I'm reaching hundreds and thousands of people, but I want to reach hundreds of thousands of people because I just felt so passionate of people not understanding and beating themselves up of, I'm so disorganized. No, you actually just have too much stuff. Then what gave you the impetus then to jump from what was your career into this? Oh, gosh. I I was a broker. I started another small business. I worked in mental health for five years. Um, So I've had quite a few different careers. Um, And then when I had my babies- Those really are good- Business Those are good foray yeah. into what you're doing. Yeah. Business, mental, mental health, health, and sales. Aspect. Yeah. And I love all three. That's great. I love sharing the message. I love business, but I like to see people move the dial. And yes. I don't like the definition of insanity, trying to do the same thing over and over mm-hmm. again. So I really want people to understand on my Instagram, it's about the psychology behind it. And I I used to write that on, on the top, psychology behind the neuroscience, but that's people are like, well, I don't want therapy. And so I have to mm-hmm. sneak in the back door a different way of helping people because everybody said those things just in case. 
Maybe I'll use it. Uh-huh. This box could be useful. Uh-huh. I better keep it. Oh, those shoes, Prada shoes were expensive or their AirPod was expensive. I'm going to keep the box. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. No. So that is a thing for people that have designer items. They keep the sacks and the boxes. And the dust bags. And and, and the dust, yeah, the dust bags, I guess they're doing it because some people put their things in them, I guess. But some people I accept. Use them again. <laughs> yeah. Some people would accept. Here's a, and, and it doesn't matter. We can say an iPod box. Ear, ear, okay. earbuds or, I mean, you yeah, can use right. the example of a Cartier box, but some people would take that Cartier box and it's useless just because, well, this could be a useful box, but it also represents, oh, well, if I have this on my mantle, somebody might think that maybe I have a lot of money. Here's a good example, uh, a uh, cork. Okay. I, I have a cork story of how I had this fabulous night with a woman well, more than a night. It was eight hours during the day of her helping me with my business because I was stuck. When my first business first took off online, I didn't know anything. I didn't know how to make a reel. I didn't know how to do anything. I was being invited wow, to speak. That's awesome. All these people are asking me questions. I didn't understand technology. <laughs> I wanted to do it so bad, but I was drowning the same way that people are drowning in their house with stuff. I was just drowning with information. So this woman, mm-hmm. Selena Gray, came over. I hired her eight hours. She ripped apart my business into categories, just like we do with Camera Town, Pen Town, ripped it apart, put it on stickies on the wall, and we dissected them one at a time. Let's look at this one category of Camera Town, or let's call it Instagram, because that's what it was compared. Instagram, let's look at all the problems. Let's figure it out. I started feeling lighter and lighter and lighter as we started letting go of all of the stuff. Long story short, celebrated had some champagne. I drank almost the whole bottle because she was driving. The morning, I picked the cork up and I'm like, oh man, that was a huge night. I want to keep this cork, right? So I kept the cork. Then I'm like, that's dumb. I put it in the garbage. Then I went back and I got it out of the garbage. And I'm like, but that was a big night. I'm going to write her name on it. I dusted it off, right? But then I remembered, do you love this cork? Do you use this cork? Would you buy this cork again today? No, I have pictures of the bottle of champagne. So I had to, every once in a while, your brain forgets when it's a big event or a big thing like a wedding and you want to keep everything. I want to keep the napkin. I want to keep the tablecloth. I want to keep all the Mm -hmm. things. So I had to remind myself those three questions and I snapped into it quite quickly, but I wanted to keep those, I want to keep that cork one, because it was sentimental. It was a big evening. Two, it said rich on it. The champagne was called rich. Well, if I have an expensive bottle of champagne, somebody might think that I have more money than I do. It represented so many things. Wasteful. Well, I don't, it was easy. I threw away the bottle, but the cork I might use. Now, if you have a cork town, great, because you probably have somewhere to put them. But if you have random corks all over your house, just because it was an important night, no, the memories in your heart, right? I transformed as a human being that night. And I have to know to have the confidence that the cork doesn't make it better. All it does is make it worse. So get rid of it. One thing I did to preserve my things of my children's babydom, mm-hmm. some other things was, and I get a lot of attention when people come over and see this because they're now, my kids are 31, 28, 25, but I did shadow boxes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This was in the nineties. Yeah. Nobody was doing them. So I had their, the gown they came home from the hospital nice. in yeah. that was made by my friend, Ashley, who's a seamstress, um, their birth announcement. Mm-hmm the baby shoes, the baby bracelet. I mean, things that they clearly could only wear for the first month of their life. A photo of either me with them, me as a young mom, Mm -hmm. because they all have little photos, maybe a hair lock. You know what I'm saying? Little pieces of it. Little pieces. Mm -hmm. And they're beautiful because one is velvet in the back. One is like pot de soie. They're done all three different ways. And they're pretty large pieces. Now, they'll be in a landfill someday. But you're enjoying them. I know, but you're enjoying them. I still enjoy them. Because if those were in a box, you wouldn't touch them. I would never see them. That's right. But then that was it. I had to do that to tell myself, we're going to turn the page and move on. Because baby, I loved being a mom to young. I love babies. Mm -hmm. I still do as a grandmother. I love love babies. Mm -hmm. So it was the only thing I've really been sentimental on in my, my life. I lost my mother young and I was whisked up and moved to another state with people in Arkansas, mm-hmm. people I didn't know. So I was never attached to things. I think that's what I blame it on. I was like, and we had no money. So I didn't, you know, and again, we're going back, but it, 
it's all an impetus to why we are the way mm-hmm. we are today. And I say I'm not sentimental, but I did love babydom so much mm-hmm. that that's what I did to preserve it. And now we moved on. And now they're moms of their own. And again, I've asked them because I say to them someday, now someday this will be yours. They're like, I don't want my baby things yeah. in, a, well, in a shadow box. I go, but your kid's mine. Yeah. And that's a whole other conversation because there's yeah. the thing that I say is don't just drop stuff off at your kid's door. You ask them, I'm yeah. done with this. I respect I'm you enough to That's say, yes. do you want this? Yes. But you do not yes. sugarcoat that with any guilt of you should keep this just because I liked it, no. right? A lot of no. people, you don't, but some people do that yeah, they figure just because I like mm-hmm. this, I want you to have it. And that just is because they don't really want it. So respect that they don't want it. It had a great life. It doesn't have yeah. to live forever just because it's been in the family forever tradition. Let them take a picture of it and have it on their iPhone and enjoy it that way. Right? But the iPhone is a great way to do our towns. Yes. Yes. You know, it is. Sentimental town. Or, yes. Sentimental town. Call mm-hmm. the album that that's, because that's, you can call it like a filing drawer. You can call the album things I love to look at. Right? Kids' drawings or right. things that bring me joy. And go look yeah. at it every night before you go to bed. But you're not going to go into the attic, get out that bin and look through the whatever. But you could actually keep a lot right. of things on your phone. But you, it's not, you need to take that leap of faith that it's not the physical thing. And the memory is not going to leave just because let go of the object. The memory is in your heart, not in the thing. Megan, this was a great interview. You you have so much depth in this field that it's not just buying new bins from the no, container store. And I would never do that to you. I would never say that to you. Um, it's It's just so much deeper and there's... It's so freeing when you understand that too, though. Like good for those organizers that have those sites and show you the steps, but they haven't been organizing long enough because that's not the important part. (laughs) Right. It's not. Right. So are you going to go back to the lady in Canada uh, that you went from 100 hours to 25 hours? 24 hours or whatever you said it was, uh, next time you'll go, it'll be 30 minutes. It, it could be. <laughs> it could she's be. She's getting so good. And she's getting the satisfaction of the reward of it being easy. So I bet it will good. be less. I've had clients good. that have done that. And they're like, yeah, they, the kids are like, come and look at my room. Like it just brings joy to them. Um, so yeah, we're going to do her office next, but um, oh, yeah, her like all, business all office. Yeah, there's just okay. a lot you can learn in examples of us doing it too. And I show, I show that I'm, I'm not fancy, and I want to get to the facts, so I show people what to do. So your um, Instagram um, is go simplified. Go simplified, right? yeah, go simplified. And then her website is go hyphen simplified. Yeah, simplified.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, all the information in the show notes. Great job Thanks. today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.